the sports landscape as we know it over the last few days, last kind of week, all last week, it's changed dramatically from all the cancellations for the coronavirus to the stuff that went down, new CBA pass for the NFL. Uh, UFC Brasilia was kind of like a first ever kind of thing for the UFC. And there's just so much stuff going on in the NFL to, over the last two days. We covered yesterday in the show where we released recapping day one. Now there's stuff that happened day two. We're going to recap for all that for you today. This is the fourth and long podcast, episode 28 of This Bad Boy. And today I'm joined by UFC correspondent and now just kind of co-host Blake Campbell. Blake, it's good to have you on the show like usual. Yep, good to be here. Hell yeah. So as I said, we're going to talk to new CBA and its impact over the the NFL for the next 10 years. UFC Brasilia was a light in the dark in the sports world this weekend. And let's talk about the impact that the coronavirus is going to have on all professional sporting leagues and promotions. And we'll talk day two of NFL free agency. But as I said, we're going to get this thing started off talking about the new CBA that was just passed for the NFL, this is going to take place and this is going to take effect in 2020, and this is going to run through 2030. So this is big time. There's a lot of new things, a lot of changes that this thing is bringing on to the league. Some of that includes that starting in 2021, technically, as it's not official yet, the owners can still decide or not, but it's highly, highly, highly likely that this will pass. But there's going to be a 17-game season story in 2021 that will include two bye weeks um then we're going to expand playoffs to 14 teams and this is going to be and uh, you're going to have the top seed of each conference is going to have the bye per usual but then there will be three playoff games on what is still wild card weekend there will be uh, three wild card teams big changes in that there's a lot of new teams that can make that a lot of teams that might not have the best records that can make that I'm not sure if I'm sold on this one, Blake. I'll, I I didn't like that they were changing the playoff system because I thought the NFL had the perfect – they had the best playoff system out of all professional sports. And I don't like that they're adding another team per conference. What do you think? I think uh, – personally, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not against it. I think it adds just another level of excitement, <clears throat> and it's going to add – Two more teams that some fans can get excited for. I think it's a move that's definitely got the fans in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trying to just make it more interesting and just include more teams, which, you know, more competition. They're hoping gets better, you know, results in the playoffs. And everyone likes that. I feel like everyone likes that story with that that underdog, you know, mm-hmm. seven and nine going into the playoffs. And everyone's going to write them off. They're going to be playing against the number two seed. And, Everyone doesn't think they have a chance, and who knows? At any given Sunday, right? Yeah. So I think it. I think it still has a. It, it brings a little interest in still. Um. It. It may not make sense to the players that 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 and the uh, the philosophies that are in place where they really stress the importance of winning your division and and taking every game as serious as possible. Like it kind of, kind of each game. Lo- a bit. Right. It, the, each game kind of like lose. I wouldn't say loses weight, but it's dispersed out. Well, through another game, right? Adding another team and adding another game to the season. So it does make every game a little less important, seemingly. Exactly. So I can see both sides here, mm-hmm. but 
Really, I think it's I think it's just a benefit. I mean, 17 games, you get one extra game to watch. That's actually going to mean something. It's going to go on their you know permanent record for that season. The season's going to start sooner, I would think. Um, it's, and it's they're going to take away one less exhibition game, so there's only going to be three weeks of exhibition. Exactly. So the regular yeah. season will start sooner, right? Yeah. About a week sooner. Than so, so that's even it's even cooler. Fans, I'm yeah. for the fans. I haven't seen I haven't seen one L yet for the fans. I'm not a player, so I I don't have their perspective, and I definitely don't want to speak for those dudes. But I could definitely see their perspective as, as well. As a fan, you as a, as as a pure fan perspective, I'm a fan of it. Okay, and that's it's, all. <laughs> at the end of the day, what this is, it adds one more, it adds another team, which. Does and especially adding another game, the the reason they might be adding this is at the bottom line, it's probably about money and this will increase league revenue and every owner is going to be in favor of that. Maybe not the players, but at least with this, um, this is going to give them a higher pay of it because as um, another change is this, players will get a higher percentage of league profit and so this will increase league profit. So players still get more money off of this, so I, I, it really is a win-win for both sides. And then, um, if we're going off, if we're trying to rank it off of that, and then I think the biggest win, at least for some players, maybe more specifically Josh Gordon, but there will be an elimination of suspensions for positive marijuana tests. And it doesn't say opiates, though. No. At least it's yeah. So Josh Gordon can't be too happy. Oh yeah, he sold opiates. Yeah, I forgot that dude was totally off. He the bro, he had PEDs, weed, opiates. He's done. He's done it all. He's he's done. <laughs> yeah, no, he's gone. But at least a lot of NFL players. We can't say the same for that one Browns um, defensive tackle that got caught with like was a hundred pounds of weed at the Canadian border. Uh, yeah, man, who was that? I can't. I totally cannot remember. Something. But yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, that's that's not going to bode well for him. This isn't going to do much. But I'm kind of okay with this because weed, it's kind of a silly thing to get suspended. Wasn't it Greg Robinson, I want to say? Shoot. It was like a lineman. Yeah, it was. It was, it was a Browns, uh, Browns offensive tackle, I believe. Uh, I thought it was an offensive tackle. Was that offense? Was that offensive tackle? Oh, uh, yeah, it was. You were right. It was Greg Robinson. Okay. Lineman. I was going to say because I remember that story. Blake, yeah, you got me right. Greg Robinson, offensive tackle. And he was busted for 157 pounds of the good Kush. Oh yeah, that makes up for my uh, horrible take yesterday. Well, yeah, um, maybe, my Tom maybe Brady little, take. Maybe a little bit. You can repent we'll, here at the end of the show. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that later. Yes, we will. <laughs> but I, I think this is fine thing. It, a suspension for marijuana is kind of lame because it's not like it's performance enhancing. And I, although I don't use it myself, I am for the use of like CBD oils for like pain relief and stuff like that because it's a lot better alternative than prescription painkillers and stuff like that, you know? And yeah, I, 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 I totally. You are a definitely pro, uh, proponent of this, you Californian. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this has been a long time coming. It's good to see that they're finally getting something right. In terms of like how they deal with with marijuana and all that to kind of stuff, it, it'll be nice to see them kind of initiate more. Uh, I guess, um, I guess just an, more of an open mind towards it because I think they're starting to realize like there there is no performance benefit to this. The only thing that it can really benefit is just the recovery side recovery and and 
if anything, it might be a hindrance for some athletes if they abuse it too. Exactly. If anything, it just adds an extra level of difficulty, right? You got to be able to manage it's if, if alcohol is available to players and why can't weed be available? It's legal in every state almost. I'd rather a player like smoke weed than pull Lawrence Taylor and do shots of Hennessy or do lines of Coke before a football game. Right. And I mean, everyone has their, their, <laughs> everyone has their little, their vices, right? But oh, Lawrence Taylor definitely I, had some vices. That's <laughs> I think I think I think weed is really like the least of the NFL's problems. There's really as long as I don't think they're ever going to get behind the the whole like CBD thing and having people advertise for that kind of stuff cuz you just there's too many kids that watch this. But it's nice to see them not punishing players for just doing what most grown like I wouldn't say most grown adults but a, a good majority a, a majority of the population, you know? Lot, yeah, like a, a percentage that. of the population let's say. Yeah. enjoys that. Just like a percentage of the population drinks and so on and so forth. See, I, I agree with you on that because um, on the fact that they're not good. I don't think the NFL is ever going to be direct proponents of like marijuana use and CBD use. But now they're just not going to be against it. And I think that's a right fine stance to take. And I think that's going to be positive. A part of this, too, is if they're eliminating suspensions for weed, but they are increasing the amount of suspensions for DUIs. And I, I think that's a good move. That's a healthy move because obviously we should be doing our best to kind of promote against driving under the influence because that is a awful crime. Whereas weed, if you're just smoking, getting high by yourself, or using CBD as recovery, that's not a big deal. You shouldn't get suspended for that. So this deal also is a big benefit for players that make lower, um, are on the lower end of the salary scale. We saw before this was passed, um, leading in the weeks with the voting, a lot of big-name players were strong proponents against this. Yeah, guys like J.J. Watt, guys like Richard Sherman, really speaking out against this new CBA. But it did pass, and it passed probably because it was just majority of those lower-end salary guys because this is going to increase the minimum salary. Um, they're going to have a salary bonus if you're on the roster for the 17th game. And with that, there is also expanded rosters. We're going to increase the active game day roster from 46 to 48, and we're going to increase the active roster from 53 to 55. So this, those few things is really helping. It's aiding the the younger guys, the guys not as tenured, and the guys not making as, as much money because you're giving giving people more opportunities to make a roster and more opportunities to make even more money. And um, I think that's why this thing was ultimately passed because of how close that the voting was on this. It, was, it passed with 1,019 votes for, 959 votes against, and we had around 500 players that didn't vote. So with it being that close, I really think it was that silent majority. And it was, we all know the NFL, most of the players aren't making that much money. The average player, I think, lasts in the league for three years. And so this is why a lot of the people um, chose to vote for it because it's helping out the, the smaller guy, you know? Yeah. I think it was the only thing that was really um, shocking, I guess you could say, was just the amount of players that didn't vote. I thought 500 players was a, was a little high, considering that only, what, 2,500-something total got a vote. Mm -hmm. So that's really the only thing that surprised me. I, th I thought that the CBA was going to pass just because I think that uh, they're making enough money to where they'll bite the bullet for one game in order for it to benefit the better of everybody, but only if they really like that deal as a whole. And I didn't think that, that everybody liked that deal no. as a whole. 
So I, I personally didn't think the CBA was going to pass. I was but... surprised when I, when I woke up to the news that it did pass. I was not expecting this. Yeah, so it's it's good for the NFL. It gets them one step, you know, well, actually, it kind of completes the process, really. There's really nothing else that's on the horizon that they have to worry about other yeah, this, than this coronavirus it, stuff. It says it through the decade, so this is a big deal that was taken off right. kind of worries. So it's nice for the NFL to be able to move on to other problems, other possibly bigger problems. Right, so 17 games from now on, boys. 17 games. That's weird. It's going to take some game used to for sure. That starts in 2021, you said? Yep. So right, okay. So we got one more one more season, season of regular. Season. Yep. It's wow. A, last time that got increased was a, was quite a while, right? Right. The last time it would have been from the 14-game season to the 16-game season? What, the 80s? I can't remember when that happened. I was <laughs> definitely not born yet. No, no, me neither. Hard, 90s babies. I, I guarantee not would be a fan by then. <laughs> But I think it's crazy if this is going to change the landscape of the NFL a decent amount. And I'm really uh, looking forward to see how this plays out. So moving on from that, let's flip some pages real quick. And let's move on into Saturday's action from UFC Brasilia. This is a UFC fight night um, card. And it took place in Brasilia, Brazil. In and it was interesting for a lot of reasons. This was the only professional sporting event that took place over the weekend, at least U.S. sporting events. And I would thought, I was going to this, I thought this was going to be a great time for the UFC to really show off what they are in their product because they have gone mainstream in the way by not being on ESPN. The whole ESPN era has definitely changed things. But if you're talking to the average sports fan, they probably don't care about MMA, even if it's on ESPN. And that's what I know, Blake. You're a huge MMA fan and UFC fan. I'm still getting there. I'm so glad you got me into it a couple years ago. Much appreciate that. And so how excited were you to see that this is was this event was in the spotlight of all professional sports? That was pretty much all I was talking about leading into the weekend. I was really excited for the UFC to kind of get the spotlight. And just be uninterrupted for man, like what five, six hours. I just I started the. I watched both the prelims. I didn't watch the early prelims. Forgive me for I've sinned. But I watched the prelims. I watched the main card. Six hours of fights. It was awesome. Right. Yeah. So I mean that that right there was already good. Uh, a good start to the weekend for me. And the fights, in my mind, they delivered. It wasn't like your typical knockout performances every fight. And we actually got close to seeing another record get broken with the amount of decisions that were popping up on that card, which is really the only thing that I thought hurt the UFC this weekend was just how no fights were really getting finished. Thank goodness for uh, Gilbert Burns. Yeah, the prelims were, they didn't like finishes, but those decisions were, I thought the decisions were better. They were still entertaining. I think most of the decision fights were better than the ones that actually had to finish. Honest, yeah, there was, the there were some really, really good fights like that, uh, that uh, woman fight. Who was uh who was the Brazilian woman that fought that card, man? Yeah, I know. She was kicking some butt on the uh on Marcos. She was kicking yeah. her butt. Reboss, I want to say. That was a brutal fight. No, um, it was um. Sorry, it, let me let me remember real quick because it was. I say it was Reboss. Amanda Reboss and uh, Ronda Marcos. Yep. And right. Reboss kicked the hell out of Marcos. I'm surprised it was able to go to go the distance. Yeah. And you know, uh, a really close fight too that happened was that Formiga versus Moreno. I really 
really like that Marina Moreno fight. That man Moreno, um, I, I had it highlighted, is that I think he um, he was, let me see, he was um, number five going to this fight, and in the in the flyweight rankings. And I think off of his performance, I think he deserves a title shot. I really do. I think they're going to do that, run it back with that rematch first. But after that rematch, I think Moreno should should get that shot because that dude, I, I'm. I've seen some, uh, seen the Lava's like a few of his earlier fights, but this guy, his the pace he was able to put on and how quick his grappling was was so impressive because in the blink of an eye he'll be from the ground to a guy's back and take him to the ground. It was phenomenal to watch. And these yeah, he's impressive. He's, he's are, fast. He's explosive. I think flyweights are so underrated because it's it's there's not as much talent it seems like, but those dudes are lightning fast for all three rounds. I don't know if it's not necessarily there's not so there's not as much talent. It's just they I don't think they're appreciated as much mm. just mainly because they don't hold the power that, you know, t- uh more heavier weight classes have. Mm-hmm. Like their punches, they're able to get off a lot more punches, do a lot more grappling because they're just lighter, they have more gas in the tank. Whereas guys, the heavier you get, the more calculated you have to be. You know, you can't. I don't know. I don't know. I I just think flyweights don't get a fair shake in it. They're entertaining. It's just, it's hard to compete when you got guys with bricks for hands just smashing each other's face. And these guys, when they hit, it doesn't really make the same pop. It just kind of like glances off of them a little bit, and they're able to take. It seems like they're able to take a lot more hits i think especially from like the at least the casual fans view if you're just the perspective of this there's a big difference seeing these damn near midgets or like like five four five five dudes that weigh 125 pounds albeit they're shredded but to see those guys compared to like the heavyweights like the francis Nuganos, the stipe miocics just the the difference in seeing them it does you are more inclined to watch the bigger guys swing because it just looks scarier pretty much you know but i still think yeah I, I still think it was a great performance uh another fight i think that we could officially say that the john the walker the um in the light heavyweight matchup between um number 10 ranked johnny walker and number 12 ranked nikita krylov can we say that the uh walker hype train has now been completely derailed and is off the tracks Something looked something looked up with me. I don't know if I was just completely bamboozled or if he was just fighting lower quality opponents, but he just didn't look impressive at all, really, against Krylov. Like there was one time I think it was in the second round, right, where he ended up on top and started smashing, mm-hmm. and that was that was the only time in the fight where I was like, okay, cool, that's that's the Johnny Walker I know. Like he, he's a big dude. If you let him get a hold of you, he'll smash you. But Krylov was just able to kind of walk him down hold on to him, get him down to where he needed, put him in the positions to like just really just hold him and go for submissions and beat him up on the ground. Mm-hmm. Walker had like almost no answer. He really had no answer and I don't know I don't know what's up with um with the slide that he's on cuz he just came out there and he was just finishing folks. And now it's like he looked a little gun shy. He looked I mean, he did, did. Did it look to you like he was a little gun shy? Because he it didn't seem like he threw with as much intensity as he usually comes out with. He looked hesitant, and he looked that he just looked really uncomfortable there in the octagon. It was like he was I unsure mean, of himself. Props to Krylov because he he definitely put the pressure on him. Krylov man looked bad. 
But I, I still thought that there, we would see like at least I don't even remember seeing a spinning attack attempt at all. No, there is like the, there is none of the usual Johnny Walker semantics. None right. Usually there's something really, like really was, flashy, right? Something that like catches your eye. A he was trying to fight a style that he really isn't. It looked like he was trying to fight a little more careful, a little more calculated, and I think that ended up biting him in the butt in in the end of it. Yeah, I really think that takedown in the first round that Krylov got and kind of kept him down and held him down and just laid on top of him. That killed his gas tank. Mm -hmm. You could you could just see going into this uh, when he was getting to the stool for the second round, going into the second round, he was already breathing heavy. He was already mouth breathing. He was already sweating like a pig. So I mean, uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see what's next because he's so he's ranked ten. He just got beat by the twelve. So he's he might. He might be unranked after this. He he'll be lucky if he's still top fifteen. Oh, that's that's a hard fight for him. That uh, it, it it's a hard future I think see right now. It, but the good thing for him is it is light heavyweight. So there's it, that's a division where things can change very quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, Anthony like, Smith and Thiago Santos came out of nowhere in the middleweight division and came up to light heavyweight and started dominating. Honestly, Luke Rockhold and Weidman moved up out of nowhere. Yeah, and with that top 15, you can really skyrocket in the matter of like two, three wins. Yeah, you just needed a couple of wins. A couple of wins, and you'll be back to being uh, important again, really, in that in that running. Exactly. Um, the last two fights of the card were really exciting, and I don't think very many people saw these fights ending the way that they did. In the co-main, we had the welterweight matchup between number 5-ranked Damian Maya and number 12-ranked Gilbert Burns. And this was supposed to be a showcase of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and grappling. High, high-level grappling. And this was not. This was not that at all, Blake, was it? Man, Burns starched Maya. Dude. Cleanest left hook you'll ever see. Oh, he dropped him so hard. And he didn't even want to follow up, but no, the referee didn't. I, I guess the referee didn't see enough. And I mean, Maya was definitely still there, so I... I'm what, not what shitting on the ref. Stoppage? Was it a good stoppage? I think so. I mean, I think since they're countrymen, it it was a little bit. There was like a respect factor going in. Like I don't think Burns wanted to follow up on that. No, Burns. It's purely speculation, but but I don't. I didn't really have a problem with the, with the uh, with the stoppage because I mean, it wasn't like it was a a Roy Nelson one hitter quitter or a Mark Hunt one hitter quitter. No. It was he he, he for sure cleaned his clock, mm -hmm. but. I mean, yeah, that wasn't a finishing hit no. by all means. See, the, 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 the ground and pound that he followed up with next, though, that was... Whoo, it was bad ground I liked how Bisping described it, Donkey Kong. Dude, I love Michael, Bis <laughs> Michael Bisping on commentary is the best. Like, I, it's like, I, there goes Donkey Kong. Like, like, can we get a, a commentary group between him, uh, Joe Panic, and um, Joe Rogan? Joe Anik? Sorry, Anik, thank you. Sorry, sorry, Joe Anik. I, I, I apologize. Or is it John Anik? I think it might be John Anik. I thought it was John Is it John Anik? Um, Mr. Anik. We'll, we'll say that. If we had Rogan, Anik, and and Bisping together, that would be sweet. No no um, disrespect to um, to the other guy on commentary. What Damn, what's his, what's his face? Felder. Dominic Cruz. Um, Paul, Cruz. I love Paul Felder on commentary. Paul Felder is great on commentary. But I, I hope he still. I, I hope he continues fighting. He has to have at least one more fight. That's the thing with Damian Maya, though. He is got that Maya. 
um, he says that he's going to have one more fight before retirement, and one of the guys he's interested in is Donald Cerrone. I, I'd be okay with that matchup. I guess is a couple, a couple old veterans going at it. Yeah. Uh you know what? I'm, I'm not against it. Just because Donald deserves a fight where he's not gonna have his face pounded. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. yeah. His last few fights: Ferguson, Gaethje, McGregor. My God, dude, give He's it a break just for a little bit. Killers. Oh, unreal. That's why I can't blame um, Cowboy for his recent side because he's fought literally the best. You can't. So if that. that would that would be an interesting fight for Maya to go out on, I think that there's there's the um, there's a chance for both sides in that fight, and I think that I would be interested in that. I. I wouldn't make it a main event, obviously. I'd make that like the third fight. Not even a co-main, really. I'd, I'd make that like a third fight what, what or maybe even a, a to open up with. Maybe. You, no, 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 no. I think that's a filler card. That's a card that makes you feel better about that card that you're putting on. Like, okay, at least we got these two studs that are going to show up. Fair enough. They're not something that you want to put a, their faces on the poster, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the big slot. That's maybe, maybe not You put them in the side. I feel like for the you know? for fairly kind of hardcore fans like you i feel like you if you saw them like on the poster i feel like you'd still be pretty happy with it though just from the the kind of for a main event no i would not be really i would not be happy with a welterweight bout between those two i would not be happy as that with that as a main event because there's no reason for that to be a main event like what's that gonna what's it would be just for the respect value and the the send-off value ufc doesn't do that yeah it's all about the money with the UFC, is what it is. I think the last fight on the card, though, was somewhat. It, it was a it was a huge shock, because we had Kevin Lee, uh, lightweight bout number eight Kevin Lee against number thirteen ranked Charles uh, Oliveira, and this ended by submission in round three, only like thirty seconds of the round. Because Lee, um, he shot for a single leg, and he got caught in a really, really deep guillotine. And this was a really bad loss and a huge momentum killer for Lee. Um, with this, Oliveira does remain undefeated when fighting in his home country, Brazil. Lee has taken his first loss when he's fought overseas or outside of the U.S. And from this, uh, I really got this kind of threw me off. And it kind of surprised me that Lee said he's going to be taking a multi-year leave of absence after this fight. You can't really trust what that dude says. No offense to guy, but he is kind of wishy-washy, and he has a he has a right to be very emotional right now because he had a terrible performance in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about Oliveira mm-hmm. more than I want to talk about Kevin Lee because Kevin Lee, I still think he's a stud. I think he'll be back. He's too young and too hungry and too you know gifted to to give up on this dream. I think he just really needs to refocus and kind of hit the reset button, do something. I don't I don't know what he needs to do. And obviously, if he knew what he needed to do, he would have had it figured out. But whatever, he, he I think it is a good call for him to, to maybe give it a little bit of a break for a while and just kind of just reset things, get everything lined up, and, and make sure that you make weight for the class that you want to succeed in, right? If you're going to be a 155-pounder, make 155, wait, make 155, 156 pounds. If you can't do it, then you got to reevaluate and see what your other options are. One seventy, you know, you gotta, you gotta just see what you can do. I think now, Kevin Lee is a great um, 
a great argument to make for the 165 pound. Uh, yeah, but that's 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 an argument for another day because that just is fairy tale land right now. Yeah, right. Charles Oliveira is the guy that we need to talk about. This guy has been flying under the radar for most people, especially if you're not a hardcore fan. You you probably know nothing about this guy. Mm-hmm. He's on a seven fight win streak right now, spanning the all the way back to 2018. In UFC right now, I'm not too sure off the top of my head. In the lightweight, um, I think that was. I think that's like the. It's one of the longest ones right now. I think it's top three. It's an impressive win streak. Don't have the exact numbers on it. We don't have a fact guy like Ariel Helwani, so you guys are just going to have to deal with that and look up your own shit. Uh, He is on a seven-fight win streak, though. Yeah, it's still amazing stuff right there. Since June 9th of 2018, he has won seven fights. His last loss was to Paul Felder, actually, believe it or not, we were just talking about. So, I mean, he's losing. He's he's not losing very often, right? Before that, his only losses were Ricardo Lamas, who's a fantastic featherweight not as much anymore because he's getting a little older anthony pettis is another guy he lost to max holloway frankie edgar cub swanson you get the idea like he has fought donald cerrone another guy he's lost and his only other loss jim miller so he has fought he's beat jeremy stevens he's beat miles jury he beat will brooks clay guida uh he got a rematch against jim miller beat him up david tamer he beat him up nick lentz beat him up Jared Gordon knocked him out. Kevin Lee submitted him. It's just insane the guys that he's fought. He's fought the who's who for mm-hmm. featherweight, lightweight, and he's even messed around a little bit with some welterweights. So this guy, I think, needs to get some respect put on his name. Not to mention five out of those fights, five out of those, uh, let me see, one, two, three, four, five have been performance of the night's. Mm-hmm. spanning uh over his seven fight win streak this guy's good i i think that 13th rank uh number 13 rank in the lightweight i think that's kind of um kind of throws people off because it, he's really not it, he's better than the 13th rank he he did the only thing i think going against him is just his competition that he's been fighting uh i know it kind of sounds weird that i'm saying that but this is this is like when you say the names, they hold weight, right? But then when you're looking at the rankings and the time that he fought these certain fighters, their rankings aren't very impressive. Uh, so it, it just kind of goes against him in that sense. Like the, the fights that really mattered to him when he was building momentum, it seems like he kind of lost. Uh, so now it's really just about sustaining this and picking his battles from now on. I mean, Kevin Lee... That's a huge name under his belt. Now, that's a guy that's highly ranked, that everyone ex- had him as the underdog for. And now he's just going to, the, the competition is just going to increase now. I think his his next bets are going to be probably Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, um, if he's not going to go and fight a uh, dude that beat up Felder. So uh, there's Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker. So. It's going to be interesting. There's so many interesting people in the lightweight division. It is insane right now. What, what's better at this point? Is lightweight the, the lightweight has to be the best division in UFC right now, right? I think it's the deepest right now, especially towards the top. Like all of these fights, I mean, you, you could have them fight each other. Like I, anyone, you can match up anyone, and I would be pretty excited for that fight. Like, and even the rematches, like Connor rematching Dust, uh, Dustin, or you know. Um, Dustin rematching Justin. I, like I would be so intrigued in seeing like all of those fights that you can make. Okay with so, you know, 
but I think one of the biggest takeaways for this is that, as I did mention, this fight took, or uh, this whole card took place in front of a empty arena. The only people there were the judges, the commentators, and the, the um, ring announcer, and then they had, I think the MVP of the night, at least, was the best fan in the arena, and that was UFC matchmaker Mick Maynard. And he really took it upon himself to be as loud and to cheer as much as possible. And I really respected that. <laughs> he hey, someone had to do it. Someone had to do it. But someone I, had to I do really it. thought it was interesting playing or fighting in front of, a, in front of an empty arena because one thing, some of the differences is that Michael Bisping on commentary, he sounded almost like he were like commentating golf. He was like talking a little quiet, a little calmer, but he was still like being really breaking it. This whole thing seemed like a really cool fight exhibition. It looked like it was just a couple of guys in like almost a practice just showing. Well, it reminded me basically do. of the Ultimate Fighter. That's the exact same setup that they have for the Ultimate Fighter, just a bigger arena. Mm -hmm. But the thing I'm wondering is because I know some people are more emotional than others and they feed off of energy. Mm. I'm wondering if that really. Uh, yeah, especially for like the people where it's like their home crowd, right? The Brazilian fighters. That's something that you cannot replicate when you have your countrymen around you, you have your family, your friends, your loved ones, just every all that energy just building you up. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm wondering how much of an effect that had on this event last weekend or if it had any effect at all. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. something interesting to think about. I kind of did like the quietness of it, to, to be honest, because it seemed the kicks sounded way louder, the punches sounded louder. There was a, a there was a takedown guy hit him with a double leg slam onto the onto the canvas and that was loud as hell. I never realized um, when they um, bang those sticks together for the ten second warning at the end of rounds, those things are loud. Oh yeah, they gotta be. Man, you can hear that echo throughout the arena. I thought the the attitude and kind of the mood and the feeling that the lack of audience had, I thought it was I thought it was a cool spectacle. I I think it was. A cool thing, and if they had another card in front of no one, um, because that's what it might seem for the time being, I would be okay with it because I thought it was still really cool to watch. I'd be okay with it, but I never want to see it again. <laughs> you, you didn't like it? Yeah, I'd rather have the crowd. I think it's unfair to the fighters. That's the reason that they do this sport, right? Because they're they're basically modern day gladiators. Yeah, they're doing it because it's an entertainment. It's it's like that high that that adrenaline rush they get going into the ring, seeing all those, you know, faces that are just kind of, you know, blurs at that point when they're in there. It's just kind of like a blur when they look out there, but they're all out there still. And in, compared to this week where it was just like, it was pitch black. And then just that one little ring of light. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. I, I still thought it was great how they played out the production value the same way they would if the crowd was there. After a uh, post-fight interview, we did have My Michael Bisping make the mistake of saying, uh, let's make some noise. <laughs> it was just right. talking to the judges. And I, I, I thought it was, I, it was weird seeing them walk out in front of no one to no cheers when there was big things taking place. I still think it was great that they did all the, the announcing and stuff, at least with the TV production value. It, it was it, all in all, I think it was a very successful card, and I hope that a lot of people were able to tune in for this because the prelims and the main card were they were rock solid for a fight night. I think it could have been a good prelims and a decent main card if we're um, putting on the uh, pay per view. To be honest, so I thought I thought it was a good I thought it was a very successful weekend for the UFC. Yeah, it definitely didn't hurt their stock. 
Oh no, not at all. Transitioning from the UFC, we're going to take this into a segment we had on last week where we had the debut of this. This is the hot seat. And so Blake, um, he couldn't, he didn't really have a take this week, but it's all good because I do and I have great takes. Because most of the time my takes, they turn out to be correct as we'll uh, probably get into in a sec because I like Most of the time, like twice, ever? Yes. Uh, let's not get into semantics, okay? But tomato, tomato. Jesus. Don't shake your head at me like that. You piece of crap. Um, so here we go. I got a couple I got a couple takes for this week. This is concerning quarterbacks and where they're going to be at the start of next season. First off, let's talk Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is going to be the starting quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers at the beginning of the 2020-2021 NFL season. What do you think? Why don't you just say next season? Well, it's because I like to be a little more demonstrative with it, and it's, it's up in. There was like three too many twenties that you said. <laughs> just, I, don't, I don't care about that. Just give me your damn opinion on this take, okay? I think it's uh, very. I don't even know. Like, are we going off like hot hot ones, like hot sauce rating? Like, okay, is nah, this actual peppers? peppers? Like, what's? Peppers. I don't even. I need to bring up a, like, let me see the pepper. I swear, I bring up the the damn Scoville chart of peppers. Let's do it. Oh, this is weird. Let's see here. I think I got one. Okay. Okay, so that is uh, pure Kaspison. That is, um, I'm trying to freaking, your dang face is in the the way. Whatever, it's, it's 15 million whatever's. Okay, that's the spiciest. Is that like in between, like, uh, obviously probably above jalapeno, under habanero? Give us a reference. It is, it is way above pepper spray. Okay, so this is kind of this is pretty hot. It's pretty hot. Taste. It's way above it. Like so, pepper spray is number two, and ghost pepper is two underneath that. So, so it's pretty hot. That's a very hot take. Okay, I'll take this little spicy. That's back to back very hot take. So. From my one going off of last week, which ended up being somewhat incorrect, but uh, let's not talk about that. We'll just talk about that was a hot take, uh, is all. Second one is probably not as hot, but maybe it'll, I'll still get the heat factor for this, for me being how specific I am with this one. And that is that Cam Newton is going to be traded to the Chicago Bears for a 2020 second round draft pick. What's the likelihood of that one? I think that that's you're 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 doing the pure Caspicians today. <laughs> you're living in the pure Caspicians land. I'm totally pronouncing that name wrong, and I don't yeah, care. This is the fourth long podcast. We pronounce things. So if anyone has a problem with it, don't care. <laughs> if anyone has a problem, Earl, with it, Earl sweatshirt it. meme, don't care. <laughs> um, but. They ha- they they only have one one pick in the top fifty. Their their second round pick is their first pick this year for the Bears. I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. They pick number forty three, so that they be given the forty third pick of this year's draft they, to, uh, to the Panthers. Know, just in case they did give away that first um, round draft pick in the Khalil Mack trade. Right. Thank you very much. Of course. That's what I'm here for. So, I just I I have a hard time seeing them. Since you got so specific, that's the that's the real reason why I'm going so hot. But I do, I do think that 
maybe I shouldn't put it so hot. Maybe I should leave it at a ghost pepper. Because they're they could they could be desperate, you know they could be desperate. They could have seen enough from Mitchell Trubisky at this point to go, you know what, we need to get someone in here. We need to infuse some talent, and they might still think that their roster. Shoot, two years ago they were what ten and thirteen and three, ten and six. What were they at? Twelve and four. Twelve and four. Yeah, they, they, they had a insane they insane year. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if they get a better quarterback with with better talent, uh, better leader. Yeah. So who knows? But. Again, I don't know, are they going to be confident in Cam Newton coming off of a year that he didn't really play? So I think it's a hot take, maybe maybe not too hot, mm-hmm. but I don't know. You know what, and I actually kind of feel I kind of feel weird now because I think that this is, I feel like the Jameis take is probably less of a hot take than this one. Really? Because at least Jameis could, like, the Chargers, all they're doing is paying him, right? They're not having to give up any assets. Nope. They're just paying him, dude. Right. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll take that back. Maybe I'll so I'll give your Jameis one mm-hmm. a habanero. Okay. And I'll give uh I'll definitely give Cam Newton uh, twenty second rounder Cam, the Bears. I'm giving the Cam Newton one a ghost pepper for sure. You want, I'll take that. That was uh I think I got the Carolina Reaper last week because my hot take had like three different aspects, so you can go check that out in the uh on the, the That's number three. That's top, That's that's number three in the top three. Carolina Reaper. What is the hot uh, pepper at, if we're on the conversation? Pure Caspasian. That's the one that I was that giving is, you. That's the hottest pepper you can get. Yes, sir. And then there's Trinidad Scorpion. That's under the Carolina Reaper. And then right under that is Ghost Pepper. All of those sound like something that I will never in a million years ever want to put into my mouth. Don't do it. I've done Ghost Pepper. Bad oh, idea. Why? Uh. Because I'm just kind of, I don't make the best decisions all the time. <laughs> That's fair enough. But that is the hot seat. Let us know what you guys think of that one. Of course, always reach out to us. I want to next talk about the impact of what the coronavirus, COVID-19, has had on the professional sports landscape. Uh, you guys might have seen I put out a about a 10-minute video up on YouTube. You can go check that out. Talking about what is going on, the impacts, and kind of what the future holds for this. And I want to go over again in this podcast. So almost every league and or fighting promotion in America has been suspended, canceled, or postponed. And the CDC has recently put out a two-month suspension recommendation for all sporting events. The first one, the first league to talk about is the NFL. Right now, the league year is still slated to start on 318. The draft, though, has been canceled. The event itself has been canceled and now will be only televised and OTAs have been suspended indefinitely. But with the draft, we it was very dramatic news for you, Blake. Um, you want to you want to vent a little bit to us, please? Yeah, I'm trying to stay positive. Uh, if you guys listened to some of the previous shows, there was one where we discussed that uh, I was going to be going to Vegas for the draft and all the festivities that are involved there. So I was really looking forward to that. Um, but you know, we all got to do our part in this time and and kind of limit the spread of this disease. So I totally understand why the NFL is doing what they're doing, um, why the country is doing what they're doing, and we just got to kind of take it day by day, really. Mm-hmm. It's it's a shame that I don't get to go out there and, and you know, stomp around and, and wear my Raider gear and talk to a bunch of, you know, Trust excited you. fans. So I'm definitely going to definitely gonna be sad about not getting to experience that. I, I was, man... 
I couldn't believe it how it how it all worked out. It was wild how it all just came together. And first year in Vegas, we're gonna have the draft and. Of course, but you know, it's too perfect. It's too perfect. That's like how Corona might. We'll talk about it in a sec how Corona might cancel the fifth time that we've made the Khabib Ferguson fight because as sports fans, Blake, we don't deserve anything because if it's actually working out perfectly, it's just not going to work out, is it? Yep. Uh, damn. I don't know. Sports gods. Uh, I, I it's too bad. You. I feel for you because we were going to have an insider at the draft, man. And now uh, no one is. But if if with the draft, now, if they make the whole thing, if they elongate it, let's fully televise the seventh round because I'll still be watching that because that's going to be the only thing on TV. So, yeah, I think it, it helps. The NFL really has been a big winner of this whole coronavirus thing. If there really has been any winners, I guess you would put quotation marks against that. The UFC kind of, like I said, I don't know how, how I would like to see their numbers. I didn't get to see that uh, over this last weekend. Yeah. Um, Putting them on ESPN definitely helped them out, but still, I just don't think the event was captivating enough to really capture the casual fan. Hopefully, two forty nine will make a big um, statement. Right, if two forty nine goes on as planned, then that's going to be huge. I really hate. That's the thing that I hate that it's not going to. Now, screw that. Let's 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 talk about it right now. Okay, let's go right into UFC. Just tell them about what's going to happen. So, what's going to happen as of right now? um, Dana White a couple days ago has announced that. Out of just pure being forced to do this, the next three UFC events have been postponed or canceled altogether. We have, um, I think, as of right now, they're still postponed. That was going to be the UFC Fight Night London. That was the Tom Woodley, Leon Edwards fight. Then there was UFC um, on ESPN 8. This was the Rosenstruck and Nagano fight that I'm really disappointed we're not going to be able to, to see. And um, then it was the third one was the UFC Fight Night 172, and that was Alistair Overeem versus Harris. So all those have been postponed as of right now. They were initially going to try to move them to the Apex Center, which is UFC's kind of main gym in Vegas, and even that got nope. canceled. And so, but as of right now, Dana White is dead set on having UFC 249 go on as planned. He is adamant that this fight will take place. There might not be a crowd, and it might not even take place in America. But he still says that at least the main event is going to happen. And it needs to, please. For the love of everything, just have... If, if it comes down to... If we have to go to some dinky-ass gym in, in Russia, and it's just televised, and we get one camera angle, and all we get is the ferguson be fight... I will still be okay with that. I don't know, man. That's tough for me because I think that these guys deserve to fight at like the pinnacle of the sport. Like they need to have all eyes on them. They've earned that right. Mm -hmm. These guys are both champions. These guys, you know, it's a big deal. These guys fighting, it's a huge deal. I would hate for them to have to fight in an empty stadium or somewhere that's just, you know, not where the uh, contract was originally signed for. It just, it's just too bad, man. The timing of this all, selfishly, you know, me saying that, it's just, it just really sucks. Cause like we touched on earlier, this is going to be what the fifth time at least, I think it's the fourth or fifth time this fifth that this time fight's been, has been scheduled. So it's, it's about time for these guys to fight. It's got to be. It's got to be so, taking some kind of mental weight on them too, right? Just because they're getting in the in the mood to fight these guys, they probably have already done all the homework on these guys, and then just falls through at the last second each time. 
So if that happens again, I'm going to be super upset, but I'd rather it happen in the kind of like the perfect setting, but, of course. That's, but if it has to go down, now, it has right? to go down. It has to go down. I, there's no way that they're actually able to host this in Barclays Center like they were originally planning on. There's no mm-hmm. way, right? It, nope. No, it does I don't suck. think it can be. I don't think it'd be held in the U.S. No. This uh, place April 18th, so it's only about a, it's only a month away. Yeah. It doesn't clear up enough. I don't think this whole thing blows over by then, and it's a shame. And that's just. Is I just want the fight at this point. That that's all. I wouldn't mind a postponing, but it just. But the only thing that comes into play is just the whole. It's getting real close to Ramadan. I think after that, right? I'm not. Oh, yeah. I'm not in. I'm not in tune with all that, so I can't tell you the exact dates. But I know that it gets a little murky in the waters around that around like kind of early summertime. Yeah. For Habib, because I know he has to have that break. Mm-hmm. All I know so, is I really hope it works out for the UFC and yeah. for UFC fans around the world. Um, the NBA, they um, were the first professional league to suspend all activities. And right now they're looking at being suspended until June. And this is going to be really tricky because they still have a few weeks of the regular season. And they still have about like a month of playoffs. And the next season is still slated to start in October. So it's really going to be weird how they're going to be able to fit all of this in. And this is the same situation for the NHL. The NHL, NHL and NBA have really similar seasons, really similar start times. Uh, NHL playoffs do take longer normally. But it's really tricky of how this this postponement suspension is going to be impacting the next season now too. Yeah, I mean, it's unprecedented. So we'll see how they deal with it. I think that... Their assistant star, right, especially with four Nets players, including Kevin Durant, just today were announced to come out, come down with COVID-19. Right, yeah, that blew my mind. Guy that's on the bench, not even really playing all that much. I'm sure they'll be fine, but it's still crazy that it's spread. Oh, yeah, still. no symptoms. No. It's, that's but, it, again, that's not those aren't the people that we need to worry about. The people that we need to worry about are the you know the old ones, the the people that have respiratory diseases, yeah. the young the young children. So we're, we're not a, a, a medical podcast, but that it, it, that is just a, a thing. I think um, one, another thing, MLB, spring training canceled. Opening day currently pushed back to late May, possibly June, and it's becoming more and more likely that it will be pushed back further. And that is a damn shame because I just I, – I know baseball, not a lot of people are big fans of baseball, but I really enjoy baseball. And it's just going to be taken away from all of us much longer. But the thing I was the most disappointed, most saddened by from all the biggest tragedy and the biggest casualty of this Corona cancellations is what I'll call it, is the XFL. The rest of the regular season has been canceled. They didn't play this past weekend. They're doing the right thing, at least, by playing the full contract of the players. um, They're still going to pay out the rest of this contract. And they're really pushing them to immediately begin trying to sign with animal teams. Uh, we're likely going to see signings of P.J. Walker, Cam Phillips, Join Te'amu might be picked up, Josh Johnson might be picked up, among other names. Um, over this, too, we did have an unidentified style Dragons player. He did test positive for uh, COVID-19, and they're taking action um, doing so. At least they made it adamant that they will still be back in 2021 and beyond. And this was uh, the biggest chunk of my video that I released on Saturday that you guys can go see on the YouTube. But 
I was really disheartened by this because I love the XFL. They they exceeded expectations almost every week. I know Blake, you got into it like it took you a couple weeks, but you still really enjoyed it too. Uh, being your your Battlehawks fan, and of course, yep. of course, the the team I root for, the Houston Roughnecks. I was there day one. They're five and zero, looking like they're the championship favorite. And then the rest of the league gets uh, the rest of the season gets canceled, and they uh, not gonna get that. But it, it sucks because XFL is doing so good, and I really hope it shouldn't. But I really hope this doesn't affect them in the future. I hope they'll be back and better than ever next season. I believe. Well, Vince McMahon even came out and said he was willing to spend, you know, his own money to make sure that there's at least three seasons, right? See, this is big. Lots so. of understand. A lot of people are saying it might go under now. No, Vince McMahon. He is a multi. He has a lot of money, and he is a guy that this the XFL is Vince McMahon's baby. And he'll do everything. He'll probably have damn near. Uh, he'll probably get close to having the WWE go under just so he can have the XFL, which is nothing. If we're talking <laughs> Vince McMahon, I know not a lot of people. Most people aren't fans of WWE, but we're we're going to be well-rounded show. And if we need to talk news, we'll talk about it. WrestleMania, the biggest, one of the biggest sporting events in the world because we have over a hundred thousand plus people every year view it. Makes a lot of money. They are moving it into the WWE's training center in front of no no people. It's going to be mandatory personnel only. It's going to be a big change. And Vince McMahon's pocketbook is going to be taking some big hits over the uh, next month or so. Yep, and but that's just something that I'm sure he's prepared for. So, so when you're in the entertainment business, that's just, you know, you can't really prevent these things. You just got to kind of do what you on. can. Show right. must go on, right? Um, and so that's like the biggest impacts that, that, that COVID-19 is having on it. And I, I just want the best for the future. I hope it all works out because like this whole MLB, um, or NFL free agency has kind of scratched my itch for a little bit, but that itch will be, be back very soon. And UFC going to do so much, you know, right. I'm going to have to get into bowling in in darts. I think. Don't you dare. I'll be a desperate man, Blake. Don't you? Don't I'll be tempted. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. But to, to finish off the show, we're going to talk about the ML, uh, NFL news from day two of free agency. We had a whole show on day one because we had to. It took us an hour to get through everything because there is that much today. There's still a lot that went down, a little less and a little more confined, so we could talk about this just on the podcast itself. First thing I want to talk about, we talked about the rumors in the last show, but Colts do officially sign Philip Rivers to a one-year contract worth around $25 million. I think this is I think this is a decent signing. Jacoby's probably going to be back up now. Philip Rivers, you discussed in our last show, Blake, that he his decision-making was a little poor, but the bright side of this is that in L.A., he had one of the worst offensive lines in the league. And now with the Colts, he's moving to one of the best offensive lines in the league. And that should, it might not be a substantial difference, but that should have an impact on him. Yeah, I think so. And his defense keeps them on schedule. He's not going to have that elite, crazy, god-tier defense like he had in Chargers, which, I mean, Bosa and Ingram are just phenomenal. And not to mention that safety when he's when he's playing. Uh 
So I think it's a good fit for both of them. $25 million, it sounds like a lot, but it's just one year. So it really just affects them this I year, and I think they were – yeah. They're they're ready to rock, so good for both of them. Philip gets his money. Colts get a quarterback that they they're confident in. It's a good proof of contract because you're only tied to him for a season, and it's not a big chunk of money. And so you're really just seeing what he has left. If and you're putting and I I advocate that the Colts were probably the top landing spot for a free agent quarterback, and I think he's in a good position there in um, Indianapolis. As I mentioned the last show, that the Colts are building their team up the right way. And I think they're going to be a contender this season. Well, maybe not. Maybe not a Super Bowl contender, but they're going to be solid in the playoffs. One thing we alluded to earlier was Blake's bad take and my great take in, in uh, yesterday's show. And But big time news, it's weird. Uh, earlier this morning, Tom Brady announced on Instagram that he will not be returning to the Patriots. And we're going to see Tom Brady in a different jersey that is not red, white, and blue. And the jersey that the colors that he is going to be in is orange, black, and red. He's signing with the Bucks, dude. He's signing a what's likely the contract full contract information has to come out yet because the Bucks aren't going to announce this until tomorrow. But barring any unforeseen um, circumstances, Tom Brady is expected to sign a multi-year deal worth around thirty million a year for the Bucks. What do you think about this? Um, Would you like to repent for your sins that you made on the last show? Nah, I mean i I didn't see this coming. I don't have I don't have NFL insiders, and I'm obviously I, I don't know. I just I just did not think that he was going to the Bucks. You know, he's a California guy. I was thinking, you know what I what I really think is he wanted to go to the Niners, mm-hmm. really really bad. But that was off. yeah. But there was just no chance in that happening. So. So once that happened, I don't, I don't know if the Chargers were ever really in it. I don't know if the Raiders were really. I don't know how much that was, how much truth there was to that rumor. But the Bucks. I mean, did I didn't hear anything about the Bucks? Not till late. Not till late. Yeah. So that kind of blew my mind. But that just goes to show you people out there pushing stories, trying to get their clicks. So I mean, there, I can't tell you how many freaking articles I had to read this year about Tom Brady going to Vegas. Not only is the fourth and long podcast not only are we putting out quality content we are changing the way sports work because we're not just putting out bs clickbait and bs articles and stuff like that we're actually giving good news correct yes and we're talking about it hey um we're talking about it not screaming i mean some of it is is good like some of it can be entertaining it's stupid but we're blake what we're doing it's we're not here to take place. We're here to take over because the fourth and long is a sports revolution. And I thought you'd be more um, appreciative of my MMA reference to that. No, I hear you, Connor. Okay. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Just, just, I hear you, Connor. <laughs> uh, just looking at that, but this is weird. It's going to be really weird seeing Tom Brady wear a different uniform, but he, as I allude to, you can hear why um, you can listen to our last show to hear why I think Brady is a good fit there in Tampa. But my question from this is, do you think so? I, I had the hot take that Jameis Winston is going to be playing for the Chargers, but who do you think Jameis Winston plays for next year? Starter, backup, is he even going to be playing? What do you think? He's definitely going to be playing. Um, it's just so hard to think about where – because so I think that the top two most 
quarterback needy teams right now are, in my mind, the Bengals and the Dolphins. But I think both of those teams are primed to take their quarterbacks in the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dolphins would take into a Tungavailoa. I think, yeah, Dolphins would take two in. They have to. And I think Burrow goes number one to the Bengals unless they trade out of it. Um, There's no way because we discussed with A.J. Green, they have to take Joe Burrow. Right. Yeah, I think they showed their cards so, with that. Who is Jameis play for? <sighs> Man, it's it's really tough. Right? I'm trying to think because, I mean, if Roethlisberger wasn't coming back this year, I'd say Steelers are in it. Um I don't think the uh, Chargers are definitely in it. It's just. Do you think he he's a starter next year, or do you think he's going to be taken back up? That's what I was saying. I don't know. First of all, I don't know if his ego is going to allow him to not be a starter. Right. I'm not saying he has a huge ego or anything like that, but well, it's no, just it's going to because he was trying to say that he was one of the top quarterbacks in the league last year. He was top in passing yardage, but you can't be a top quarterback if you go 30 and 30. Right. I, I just think it's going to be a big thing for him. He'd have to be, he'd have to really humble himself in order to go from being the guy, you know, the leader on the team, to taking a backup role and, you know, making sure that you put someone else's responsibilities ahead of yours. Pretty much, like you're trying to get them prepared fully as well as making sure you're fully prepared. So I don't know. I think he has to get a starter role, but it. I don't really see too many teams that are going to be really foaming at the mouth to get the dude. I do agree. I think he's probably going to have to settle for something like, if he's a starter, he's probably not going to make more than 20 a year. Which is, no matter what contract he signs, I really think he's going to have to swallow his pride and just sign something because it's, I don't think the market's going to be huge on him and then that smaller market is not going to be paying him what he wants. He probably wants something like 30 a year. Do you think Jacksonville is staying with Gardner Minshew? I think Jacksonville's rolling. They're going to go forward Gardner, Gardner Minshew. As I said, they are looking to get out of Nick Foles, either cutting him, which is going to cost them a lot of money, or they're more than likely trading him. Right. Uh, I think James could be a good – if they get rid of Nick Foles, James could be a decent backup in Jacksonville. But besides the Chargers, I don't see him starting anywhere else. Yeah, I really, I, I'm struggling to think of somewhere that he could go to and that they'd, he'd want and they'd want to come in day one. Exactly. But a backup that's now going to be a starter. Uh, we were talking about Cam Newton earlier. The um, Panthers are pretty much forcing a trade to get rid of Cam Newton. They did say, the Panthers said it was mutual. Cam Newton later said after that, said that he never asked for it. <laughs> a little bit of drama in that one. But Teddy Bridgewater has signed a three-year um, deal worth $63 million with the Panthers. I'm happy for him because I think he's one of the better quarterbacks in uh, in the league. I think he was really good, and I think he could be a great starter in the NFL. And I think this is a great move for the Panthers. I think it's going to be a good fit. And I'm not just saying that because he's a black quarterback, okay? I'm saying because he's he's a mobile athletic quarterback, and he's going to be able to make some moves with this week like Cam Newton was able to do a few years ago. And I think it's, it's overall it's a good move, but where is Cam Newton going to be landing now? Because the Panthers can't have both Newton and Bridgewater. So where's Newton going to be? I don't know. It's going to be tough because he has to be traded for now, so someone's going to have to give up an asset for him, if not multiple. Do you think? So What's for it? Do you think? I'd, I'd say for him. I'd I'd yeah I'd say the most I'd give up for him is a third. Maybe a I'd I'd think probably a fourth. Twenty-one second. 
I'd say probably a 2020 third or fourth round pick would get the deal done. Yeah, that's they're kind of in a rough spot with that. They don't have a lot of leverage with that one, do they? Because yeah, they really don't. I mean, if they didn't just sign Bridgewater, mm-hmm. it'd but, be a different story. But, but they're, like they they literally already done because of Bridgewater's interest um, in possibly the Patriots, possibly the Chargers, possibly the Bears. Right. So I feel like. I feel like the Panthers did what they had to do and just sign him and get him off the market and secure their starting quarterback for next year. Yep, and that's all they were trying to do. I mean, they're not going to get much in return for Newton. No. Uh, so what did you say? You say you say a fourth and a third? I say a third or a fourth. Third or a fourth would get the job done, that's I think. Fair. I think I think maybe, yeah, you, you probably throw in a couple more picks. Maybe, a maybe like a fifth. fifth. Yeah. A third. Just something to appease them. Something like that, something not high, but he can. They can still get decent value out of him. It really just depends on what team they're able to target. And I think one of the final kind of big signings for, or bigger signings from today, besides Vic Beasley um, joining linebacker, joining the Tennessee Titans, shoring up that defense, which I think is a rock solid move. Falcons are really losing some players this offseason. but we brought up the Bills trade, right, with Stephon Diggs. Yeah, we we had that yesterday because they came breaking okay. news. Yep. Couldn't remember if we did that or not. Yeah, we did do that one. That was late the end. That, that was a big Can't believe that they got more for him than DeAndre Hopkins. Like, that's just uh, I was unbelievable. Today, uh, another move, what happens that the Steelers sign uh, another one. They signed T.J. Watt, I believe. Um, but why is Derek. It? Derek, thank you. So that the Steelers now have T.J. Watt. They now have Derek Watt. And so what I was saying, I think if you're the Steelers, it's time to complete the holy trinity of the Watt brothers. Sign. You, you need a trade for J.J. Watt now. And, and who knows? I, if I was the Steelers right now, I'd say, hey, Houston, we got a 2021 sixth rounder for you if you want to give us J.J. Watt. And I think that trade would go through if we're talking about Bill O'Brien here. Yeah, you could offer him some hot tamales and he'll probably <laughs> pick up the phone, say yes, please. That's done so far here. So we talked about it yesterday with that trade. But anyway. Well, you know what? An- another thing that I tried to say yesterday, I tried to kind of rationalize it by saying, you know what? Maybe he's old, right? Maybe maybe DeAndre Hopkins is old. I looked up his age today. He's 27. Exactly. He's not old. My God. What was he no matter, thinking? No matter how you talk, you c- it is impossible can't. to justify that trade. You can't. You really nope. can't. And so, uh, um, yeah, listen to our, our spicy take on the, the DeAndre Hopkins um, in, in the last video. But, Blake, let's go to your Raiders perspective, okay? The Raiders signed former Cowboys tight end Jason Wynn to a one-year $4.75 million deal. I think that's a fair contract. How impactful do you think this is going to be for the Raiders? I think from a leadership standpoint, it'll be valuable. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to – I don't know how much – production his play will carry anymore because we already had that breakout tight end from last year first set not only did we have one breakout tight end we had two we had foster moreau who came uh i believe he was a fourth or fifth round pick for us i want to say fifth Mm -hmm. he came from lsu actually played with joe burrow two years ago uh and he had i think five touchdowns last year and there most of them were in the red zone had a few uh, several key catches really until he got he uh, went down with injury um, towards late last season so I don't think he's really there to necessarily add uh, yards and touchdowns you know maybe the the couple plays here and there right maybe in the red zone I think he's more there for just added leadership value a guy that knows he's a hall of famer he's he's all pro everything like he's going to show these guys 
how to freaking go about their work, how to be a professional football player. So I love the signing in that sense. And also, I think we got to talk about the fact that the Raiders are winners right now in my mind for free agency. We haven't really overspent. Mm-hmm. Um, the only, the only like people are saying that we overspent on that Carl Nassib guy or Nassib, however you pronounce that guy, the guy that tried to teach finance for the Browns on Hard Knocks a couple years back yeah. <laughs> to all the other players. He's a defensive end. Uh, but if you look at what we gave him, he he's like just under number thirty mm-hmm. for defensive ends in the NFL. What he's getting paid, so it, it really wasn't a reach for that. Yeah. We got Corey Littleton. We got uh, man, how do I say that Bears linebacker name? Quickowski. Yes, Quickowski, something like that. Yep. Uh, and uh, and then we also got Malik Collins from the Dallas Cowboys, who's a defensive tackle. We've gotten some studs, man. We've gotten some really good pieces. But but you know what's weird about Mariota? The the numbers, the official numbers haven't been released on him yet. So I'm wondering what the heck's going on with that. Yeah, but, but I do agree. As much as it pains me to to agree with this, obviously you can see the name on the sweatshirt. Uh, go Broncos! But man, the Raiders are—they're doing decent right now. They're making going, some good moves. I, I think the Raiders are making. They're not reaching. They're being smart with the acquisitions. They're not signing these huge names, but they're signing Byron guys. Jones and all those guys. Yeah, they're, they're signing these guys to good contracts. And will still have a good impact on the field. And I have to give the Raiders credit where credit is due. Can you appreciate they're that? Filling, they're also, filling holes. That's it, the main thing. And yes, I can appreciate that. It, I, I'm sure you can see in my face. It, it hurts me to talk positively about the Raiders like this. But well, the thing is, is we know very, each other's team. Oh yeah, but as We know very, each other because we play each other two years, two times a year, each year. So we know like where year, our holes are. We know what we're good at. And each year, they each go one and one against each other. That's why Most of the time, are always washed. <laughs> Pretty much, uh, ever since I've known you. As as a professional in this industry, and as a non-biased sports reporter, I'd say that the Raiders are doing a good job, and I'll give them I'll give them a B in free agency so far. I I, I think that's that's because they haven't had they haven't made splashes, but they haven't had bad moves. And they've been just making these good moves. They're not these huge superstars. But as you said, they're plugging holes in, in the defense and the offense. And I, the locker room presence that Jason Wynn's going to bring, it's all positive. Especially from a locker room that was not the healthiest last year, you could say. Yeah. I mean, from the outside looking in. Yes, yeah, of course. Of course, we're not, we're not insiders. I'm not in the locker room. But from the outside looking in... It looked kind of messed, especially with Antonio Brown. Yeah, that. But I, again, I think that might have just brought the team closer. So who knows? It was a mess, though, for sure. Yep. But with all that being said, guys, that is going to do it for us today. We thank you all very much for listening. Of course, you can check out the show, Spotify, YouTube, um, a lot of other streaming services, Anchor as well. We are. We have a website now, www.thefourthandlong.com. Go check that. That's where you can find everything. We even have a Facebook now. Check out everything, Twitter, Instagram, all the good stuff. All Everything you need to know is on that website. Once again, that's www.thefourthandlong.com. Blake, thank you so much for giving us your great UFC insight and your Raiders insight as well. Very much appreciated. Hell yeah. It's a pleasure talking with you. It's always a good time just shooting the shit, right? Um, censor that, I guess. Maybe I'll do that in post. Probably not. 
But um, we should have Jalen Johnson back on here uh, next week. He was feeling a bit under the weather, and he probably has corona, so good for him. But, guys, uh, <laughs> thank, Christ. You. <laughs> thank you all very much for listening. I hope you all stay safe out there. Make sure to wash your hands. Use a hand sanitizer. Remember, 30 seconds, soap and hot water when you wash those hands, okay? Let's, let's stop the, the spread of this so we can get back to our sports as soon as possible. Please, for the love of God, let's just have sports again. But have a great rest of your night, guys. As I said, stay safe, stay socked up, and let's not, and hopefully, we will not have the apocalypse to worry about soon.